Tom Bernard Show with Doug Sprinthal, Dave Schrader, Andy Brant Bernard, Cassie Schrader. We will be right back. Hour three, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, that works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, God, Doug Sprinthal. No, Andy's going to do the commercial, remember? <laughs> oh, he is? Okay. Uh, here's a recipe from... Uncle Andy for you. <laughs> What's your favorite recipe, Andy? You take one great deal, one great car company, and you mix them together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And you mix it up with a whole bunch of love, and that's mm-hmm. Walzer.com. You take an MSRP, and you take out a dash of price. <laughs> this is brilliant. A Keep dash going. of price. <laughs> yeah. That's a price. You get treated with respect. Limited warranty or whatever. <laughs> so your advertising uh, education didn't go so well, Andy? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> no. Limit powertrain. This Limited is like, warranty, right? This is a new thing. Stephen Wright car commercials <laughs> by Andy Bernard. He was just ad lib them without even knowing. Perfect. Zero information. We just guess That's based right. on what we've heard mm-hmm. in the past. It's all hearsay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of it's true. Powertrain limited warranty. Right. Yeah. I remember that. I did buy a car from Walzer, so. I know. You've bought a couple of them, I think, actually. And thank you for that. So, yeah, anyway, the... there's our spot from Stephen Wright. Filling <laughs> in. Okay, Walzer Automotive <laughs> Walzer.com. <laughs> People will pay attention to that. I know they will. That's <laughs> true. I get friends of mine in the car business say, so you do some advertising? What's it like? And I said, I'm going to send you some clips, but don't try to replicate this because it takes it takes a long mm-hmm. time before you can just screw off completely and people like it. That's true. It's not going to work if you try to replicate it. We get, That's for, always... our sh- we get for our show, they'll give us some bullet points or outlines. Right. And we, we started doing commercials for Me Undies. Mm-hmm. M-E Undies, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking, and I, when people started responding, is like, the what time I just got tired of reading the bullet points. I'm like, Tim, come here. And he goes, what? And I go, fill my ass. He goes, what? And I go, these underwear are amazing. Yeah, <laughs> we started that's people it. blew up. They're like, I'm buying them right now. Well, yeah. See? That, see? But you, you had fun with it. Well, I was like, look at this. It's silky. It feels like I'm being cradled in the hands of an angel. And <laughs> I'm like, what? And it's funny. because My like, balls I'll... have never felt <laughs> better. <laughs> I won't be in the room, and I can hear it through the bedroom door. All of a sudden, I hear Dave go, Tim, feel my underwear. And I'm like, what's going Perfect. on? Hey, <laughs> LBJ, what do you think? <laughs> Plenty of room in the bunghole. <laughs> That's really nice. The only That's way to wonderful. cut through. There's that spot down there where I like a little extra <laughs> yeah. room. You know what's amazing? I do get people on the street telling me they feel like they know you, they know Steve, they know Bilski, they know Michael mm-hmm. Bryant. They feel like they know you guys. Yeah, no, it's really when you do. run through, you run into that. You probably it's happened. It's happened to you for so many years. You don't notice it, but it is odd when people come up that you never met before, mm-hmm. and they just start talking to you like they know you. Yeah. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's, it's well, cool. I mean, it's really flattering, actually. If someone has been listening since day one, I mean, we're at episode 1433, 
So that's at least like probably 3,000 hours of talking. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that I have talked to significantly less than that. Oh, yeah. So well, most true. of mine, that's for sure. Yeah. That's and I tend, to, I tend to get a lot of friend requests because of this in the morning show on Facebook. And I, I, always, and I always look through them first mm-hmm. and go, well, okay, they look pretty decent and accept almost all of them. I and you get to know together. these people, and eventually you get to meet them face-to-face, and that's always it's pretty interesting. It is. It's great. And hopefully those face-to-face encounters don't end with you in a well being well, lowered know, some lotion. If your time's up, it your puts time. me lotion into baskets. <laughs> well, I've had some interesting, I'm sure you've been oh, in radio, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I said I used to I, I used to use my name in radio when I started in college, and my professors were like, never use your real name. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And I started to find out why people yeah. then they know who you are. You know, the thing, but now I've stuck with, with it. the modern I've, I've era, you just have to live your life like there's no such thing as privacy because anybody no. Kinda, can find yeah. anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's absolutely true. But hey, what the hell? That's most of 99.9 percent of the time. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, are is. you are you ever sad that you went away from Tom Boyardee to use the name? Tom Boyardee. <laughs> yes, I went. I was Tom Boyardee. <laughs> it was unbelievable. The Catman. Catman on the radio. A white Michigan police officer who accused fellow cops of straight-up racism will receive a $65,000 settlement, though he's not exactly pleased. Sergeant Cleon Brown, a 19-year veteran with the Hastings Police Department, initially demanded $500,000 from the city. For what? Well, he claimed he was subject to taunts beginning in 2016. But you said he was white. He is white. But oh, anti-white racism. There was a there were taunts beginning in 2016 when a genetic test revealed he was 18 to 33 percent sub-Saharan oh, African. Please, sub-Saharan African, which just means he would be that would be like the southern half of Africa, basically. Yeah. So under the below the desert. Yeah, yeah, but I don't really understand. There are a lot of white people that live in South Africa. That's true. But that's not what that means. No, that's not what it means. That, mm. Yeah, that means like the original, you know, Africans oh. pre-South Africa times. This got a lot worse. I thought it would. And it did get a lot Uh-oh. worse. So, so uh, a genetic test revealed he was 18 to 33% sub-Saharan African. Uh, the suit claims his police chief started referring to Brown as Kunta. Yeah, there's a a good idea. Yeah. An African slave character from Alex Haley's roots, the saga of an American family. Other officers stopped talking to Brown or would whisper whisper Black Lives Matter and pump their fists in his presence while a black Santa head with 18% written on its beard. So this was in Hastings, Minnesota? No, Hastings, Michigan. Oh, okay. Thank God it was in Hastings, Michigan. That doesn't happen in Minnesota. Uh, We're irrational people here. Yes, not that you know. <laughs> so basically, so. this guy took the twenty-three and Me thing and found out that he was had some African American heritage or African well, heritage in him, and then told everybody, and they just ripped him. Eighteen to thirty-three, though, that's like two generations. That yeah. is. Two How generations. do you not know that? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Oh, I just found out my grandpa ask, was black. And, you have to you know. ask Elizabeth Warren, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, about being Native American. I'd like yeah. to see her twenty-three and Me profile. I, I first of all, why? Why would the other guys know about your genetic test anyway? Because he, he must, told he them. He must have told them. Yeah. Well, There's so no who other cares? way. I mean, but I do that to Philip and JB all the time. Yeah. Call him Kunta? No, I do not well, do that. I wouldn't do that. Nah, I probably wouldn't do that either. Uh, but Jake anyways. Is Kunta? Easy. Oh, family see, show. Family show. I know, but I'm just wondering if that was a different slang they were using on them. It was almost like a disgrace type of reaction that I got from them. Like, why are you proud of this type thing? The U.S. Army veteran told WDIV when the suit was filed last May, the city disputed his account at the time, arguing Brown specifically went to other officers, raised the topic of his DNA test and joked about it, engaged in typical racial stereotypes, reports CNN. So he started it then. Yes. Sounds well, like it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's well, right. so and then when guys are playing back with him, he's going to complain? Mm-hmm. I don't really understand it. You started it. Uh, why are you complaining now? Well, it's like how many times have on this show we done the exact same thing about, you know, Irish a lot, Italian a lot. Yeah, it's true. All Greek yeah, a also, lot. You know, I can Catholic call myself people. bald, dumb, and ugly, but if you call it to me, it hurts a lot more. Maybe that's his whole point. I, I guess. guess. But, well, it, up, but if... I mean, that's just hurtful. It would be different if they just like all of a sudden started doing it. But since he started it, I mean, has he said like, "Okay, guys, that's enough," or did he just be like, "Give me your money now"? 
Yeah, exactly. You, you never know. Well, because of genetic testing, we found out that my wife is 2% African. See? It's probably not that unusual. No. I wouldn't. Well, all, we all came from Africa at one That's point. Right. I think 23andMe said I have an African ancestor who was born around 1650. People have, been, people have been traveling all over the world to get laid for yeah. hundreds of thousands exactly. of years. I just don't, <laughs> why would really anyone care Which reminds me, join me on the ChrisJerichoCruise.com this right. October. <laughs> you know what I find funny? And it's only white people who do it. <laughs> what? But I grew up in North Minneapolis with a lot of white people, black mm-hmm. people, a lot of Jews and all the rest of it. Probably the poorest family in the neighborhood. But because my skin is white, they treat me differently than all the other kids from my neighborhood. And I'm talking about white people. White people treat me completely differently than the other people I grew up with just because hmm. of my skin color. That's a fact. Is it overcompensation? I think it's exactly mm-hmm. what yeah. it is. Because they really – look, all these people who claim to just, oh, I want to do so much that I – I want to do all I can for people of other races. You're hiding a hatred there, and it's very obvious you're hiding a hatred there. You're terrified of your own dislike of people. Don't you think – Otherwise, you wouldn't get so upset by it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think everybody walks a fine line now of just trying to figure out how to be politically correct and still, yeah, you I know, guess. just, I don't know. Everybody's so hypersensitive about everything. I don't know why. Oh, you know, I, because I understand there's been a long time of people just not caring about other people mm-hmm. and, and what That's other people bad. think. But then there's there's just I don't know it this culture this whole world is you know we're we're so hypersensitive and hypervigilant about African American and not using the N word but we can still have the the Redskins football yeah, team yeah I, I understand and what then you're saying there, then yeah. you know Roseanne Barr can lose her career because of a, a slightly racist comment that was made in jest without her apparently realizing that it was a racist comment right and then. Uh, James Gunn can make a bunch of pedophile and having sex with children jokes. Mm-hmm. Not just one, but like many, hundreds. Many, many, yeah. And, and his his fans and his uh, his crew are lobbying to get him back his job. Um, Chris Hardwick, uh, his ex-girlfriend, can come out and say that he beat her, yes. Uh, yes. raped her, used her as a sex doll, did all this, and he gets released for a couple of weeks from a show and then gets hired back. You know, it's it's. There's no balance. We don't know how to. No, we don't. We don't know how to give. This is okay. That's not okay. We we accepted Bill Cosby for long enough, and then it was like one comedian made a joke about it, and it reopened a wound because at that specific yeah, moment in history, true. we were looking for a new martyr. You know who Chris Hardwick's wife is, though. The yes, family she's from. Yes, that's why that happened. You know, it's funny. I, All about I money sh- and power. I man. shredded Hardwick online one day. Uh, after one of the Walking Dead, uh, Talking yeah, Dead deals, talking dead, I'm yeah. like, God, could you be any less intelligent with these questions? Yeah, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm, I'm shredding them. And I, I, I appreciate the guy for what he is. And then I started doing my second Harvest Heartland thing like a week later. Yeah. And his wife said, hey, Dave, just made a $1,000 donation. Wow. So she, you she came in and, you know, came in. So, so I laid off Chris Hardwick for a while. There, but, uh, that's it, man. It's all about money and power. It's yeah. all about I can that. be bought is what I'm telling you. Right. right. Yeah, for only $1,000. Right. Or four low payments of two forty nine each. <laughs> no, I, I find it really interesting. And as I've said before, I, I grew up with all kinds of people. You know, Benny was black and Ronald was Native American and Joey Garcia. I, I, ran, I did an appearance at the State Fair about five years ago. And this man walks up to me. And he goes, you're not the popcorn king. You're not the popcorn king. (laughs) He says, do you know who I am? And I said, no, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know who you are. He goes, I'm Joe Garcia. I had not seen him in probably 55 years. And he gave me the biggest hug. And he was like so sweet and nice. How great is that? It's just wonderful. So I, I, and I'm telling you, it wasn't that I didn't notice their skin color or they didn't notice mine, but we were Catholic kids going to the same school, and that's all that mattered. Nobody cared about if you were Mexican or black or Native American. You were unusual in that time, but it's becoming more common, at least in urban America, that kids now are growing up in a multicultural world. Yeah, who cared? You did, but it was unusual. I did. It was unusual from what I understand. I mean, you know where our kids go to school. I mean, there's people from all over the world there. Yeah. Which is good. Well, because they're growing up that way. Yeah. Well, 
Well, what well I, no Canadians <laughs> are Irish. One thing that I don't understand that everybody wants to be treated the same, yet they want to label label themselves oh, yeah. different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like, uh, which is it here? You want to be... Well, that's that's the problem. Is is that everybody feels that their rights are more important than anybody else's? Uh-huh. You know, we 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 set up a a, a a government here, and we you know one nation under God. Well, now I'm offended by that because mm-hmm. I don't believe in God. Oh, okay. it's but, good. It's a short version should, of the word good. You should Who believe cares? in me. You know, or, or, or I should be able to worship this. I should be able to yeah, worship that. I yeah. should be able to say this. I should. Well, that's great. But again, when you kind of you 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 come into somebody else's home. They can be accepting and loving of you, but it doesn't mean that they should have to change the color of their house because yeah, you don't like right. it. You know, this is just you, you get along. And if we could just all learn to respect that, which is the sad part. And, and it, you know what? I think it's okay yeah. that it, you don't even have to always respect each other's belief systems. No. You can you can have these discussions and just politely move past them, right? It is what it is. You believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I want to believe as long as we're not hurting one another. So I I think we're in violent agreement. So my point is, is that the kids that are growing up today in this Mm -hmm. world get it. Yeah. And they're not listening to all this Facebook political blah, 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 blah. They're all just kind of being kids and they're getting around along with kids they go to school with that that are, you know, Muslims and from Somalia or from wherever. And it doesn't, it's, I see it in my kids every day that just, they don't even, that's just the way it is, which is the way but, you grew up. But there are some kids that are still carrying a chip on their shoulder in 2018 right. that I don't understand. And and it's like, not what do you trying mean by to kids? Well, how old? Kids that are teenagers, two, three. you know. Well, right. Right. There's two, nothing worse than a three-year-old with a, with a <laughs> reparations, brother, reparations. You're three years old. Shut up, right? No, I but I, I mean, in in the fact that there are some people that just they just they live to carry a grudge. And it's, you know, it's like, hey, we realize what we did was really bad. It was stupid to have slavery. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we've rectified it. That doesn't happen anymore. No, it and, does well, not. But, that yeah, it does because blacks still make less than whites and women make less than men. And, and you know, this race gets more uh, tax breaks than that race. or the, So it gets into a weird deal where they just... You know, if everybody just shut up and just broke the law is, and I don't mean break the laws and break the law, but I mean, if we just broke it down to even across the board, everybody gets the same opportunities, there wouldn't be the the aggression. And right now, when you see so much aggression, it's because everybody else is getting, uh, you know, this culture gets to weigh in over our culture and our culture gets to weigh in over that culture. And there's still this weird hierarchy of who is, who's okay and who's not okay, and who should be yeah. being punished for things that took place 200, 300 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's still slavery in almost all of the world except for Western Europe, Australia, and the United States. There's slavery everywhere other than those three areas. A lot of honkies live in that those areas, okay? And I'm not saying white people are the answer. I'm just saying it's a fact. It's a matter of fact. Well, I've been chastised on Facebook and stuff because I don't identify with the feminist movement or the women's rights movement. But, uh, you and don't it's like need to. You're a strong woman. Well, I know, and I don't feel like I have to label myself a woman to get ahead in life. I'm, I'm, I'm me first, mm-hmm. obviously, but I can talk more about it when we come back from break. But yeah, well, um, we look at that. Right That's in the nose. Look at that, yeah. Cassie. We'll be right back with. <laughs> This skirt's rambling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. We'll be back. Just like all of you, I'd been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it's as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it because I have a pretty big melon, pretty big head, and my pillow will prop it right up. I can get my neck aligned and I sleep very well because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for my listeners. My Pillow is offering buy one My Pillow and get another absolutely free. Don't delay. Order now. This offer expires August 1st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first My Pillow. If you already know how great the My Pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code TOM. Call 1-800-516-5146. And use promo code TOM. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night. And you get paid weekly. 
Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. I am woman, hear me roar. <laughs> Come on, I... Andy, sing this one. Andy, okie time. <laughs> no, I don't know oh, any of the song, except for what Dad just said. Uh, all right, we're back with Cassie's boring story. Make me rich. <laughs> I have bad news. What? Yeah. Uh, um... We are not necessarily part North African because this now they've narrowed it down and it includes Arabian. So you might not be able to claim reparations. I'll well, I guess I wouldn't be, be able Arabian to. rather than black. I might be part Arabian rather than well, no, North it's African. Mom, it's mom's side. It's not my side. Yeah. So Mine says poor white trash. That's my side. <laughs> <laughs> P-W-T. Yeah. I could be. That would be the great band name. You could do NWA covers. Yeah. P-W-T. Poor white trash. Brig, who's watching on the YouTube video stream, says there are still slaves in America. They're illegal aliens who are paid insanely low it's prices to do That's the right. deal well, well in a sense have... it is i mean people They're not are forced to do it no but but the companies yeah. are not forced to take advantage I of illegal labor but paying them for dirt cheap they do not have to stay slaves could not leave the yeah. plantation there's a I guess huge difference there. anything close to slavery today in america would be the sex trafficking yeah right sex, industry sex slaves yes where That's they're true. Basically, they can't leave. luring young girls into this lifestyle, and then not they, just young girls. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, no, older ones. They're, they're snagging s- boys, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. And you have to use the word snagging. <laughs> Snag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's a, look. No one should be taken advantage of, whether it's you know, illegal aliens or I don't. I have. That's the biggest disappointment. I do love that life. comment. The illegal aliens are taking my jobs. You don't want to do what they're doing. Yeah, I'm not doing that, you whiny bitch. Just do your job. I agree. The only one, the only one I'm pissed off at is Michelle Tafoya. Well, (laughs) although she's Spanish, not Mexican. Ah, the Spanish. Oh, the Spanish. Doesn't he have to do anything? (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Doesn't he have to do anything? (laughs) Whenever I'm in a bad mood, I'll watch that little clip. Uh, oh, yeah. Orson Welles, and it just Wells, makes me right laugh. Ah, oh, French. And then James Adomian's impersonation. Oh, James Adomian just nails it. Yeah. He is just wonderful at that. Now, I, my biggest disappointment in life, and you know, I'm getting to that point now where I'm probably in the last five to eight years of my career, probably true. I might continue this show, but... Look it might be ten, 10 more years. Can yeah, you put Sid. my name in over there, just in case? Absolutely, yeah. no problem. But my biggest disappointment in life, and I'm very serious about this, the biggest disappointment is what people will do for money. They'll enslave other people. Yep, they'll steal right. from their friends. They'll steal from their own family. You people are pigs. You do anything for money, and that would include slave owners. You treat human beings like that for money? That's all it's about is money. It's Although disgusting. I do love that that meme of the old man that's wearing the T-shirt that says, I ain't gay, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, see, that used to be funny, but now it's probably not funny anymore. Yeah. It's offensive. Still, still funny. It's not offensive. Well, all humor is offensive. Right. No, but I know. if it's the funny, point. yeah. Right. If it's funny, it's offending somebody. Well, I guarantee that. But that's the whole purpose of a stereotype. It's to la- That's why Dave Chappelle was so... Uh, successful with his show because he took the stereotypes instead yes. of putting a negative yes. spin yep. on it, he put a positive spin on it with comedy. Yeah. Right, but most comedians the... are playing up an angle. Like Margaret Cho cr- made a career on stereotyping her own family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Right, yeah. and many yeah. the Jewish culture has done that with the comedy, no playing it. up that angle of it. And the funny thing is, is that they make it part of the part of the nomenclature, right? It becomes part of of how people perceive things. And then everybody gets mad when you said it. It's kind of like, I can make yep. the joke about being fat, bald, and ugly, but you do it. It's kind of wrong. 
So it's kind of, you know, we, we have it this weird no double sense. standard. Well, that's why Dave, uh, Dave Chappelle quit his show, because uh, the black community was starting to go after him, saying, you're getting yes. white people to laugh at us. That's exactly and That right. wasn't the point. He was trying to negate this whole... No, black uh, and white, he was just being funny. Yes, and, there was... and it's like, you know, because they even had like kind of a Q&A in one of his episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And he's like... They were talking about like fried chicken. Why is it so offensive that black people like fried chicken? It's yeah, not really. It's not offen- It's not, not a bad all. stereotype. Or like if Asians are good at math. First well, of all, it's not a negative, you know, thing to say that Asians are good at math. That's a positive thing. Yeah. But they take offense to it. I would say this: that, that everybody needs to back off because, as I said, my favorite meal to this day is because it's poor people food. It's not black food. Mm-hmm. It's poor people food. My favorite dinner, and we have it every Father's Day, is fried chicken, watermelon, and mashed potatoes. Now, next Father's love- Day, try the watermelon with a little feta cheese. <laughs> yeah, a little feta cheese. That sounds like rich folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's... Here's is that the before thing. or after the cocktail weenies and barbecue sauce right. come on out? <laughs> the biggest problem, Fingers I think, up. that we've never under, understood, and it's very clear to me because I grew up that way, is the hatred was for poor people. It wasn't just black people. It was all poor people. Right. And that's a fact. You hated poor people. And you, you, I, maybe you were ashamed of it or whatever, that you allowed people to live like that while you stole money from them. It's not just a black problem. It's a poor people problem. Well, a big part of that is the psychology that goes on, I think, that allows people in power to treat other people that way. That's so right. they can yeah. dehumanize the Irish or whatever it is, then it's somehow yep. easier. It, 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 it calms your moral conscience to pay them nothing and you know make them work until they're dead. I love but, the fact that the English owned everything, the Scots were the foremen, and the Irish were the poor workers. <laughs> I mean, your own aisles. Right. <laughs> it's like, God. Well, I love Boston. And you've I've talked to you many times mm-hmm. about this before. You're Irish and you're Catholic, but you're the wrong kind yeah. of Irish no, Catholic. No, there, there's some... I just love that's that. a weird town. It's, it is a weird town. I, I love it, but no, I, I, I said many, many years ago, like 25, 30 years ago, I said in the Cakey Morning Show, one of the problems that black people have is at certain times in, in history and even now, you're too easily identified as poor people. It's not the fact they're black. It's I can identify you as a poor person because you're black. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the real problem, and it's always been the real problem. I don't think it's a race problem. But yeah, again, it is a race problem because they could identify so easily. Therefore, they were treated like dirt. Well, look at how uh, hillbillies, they're the butt of every joke still. And they've no all, they always have it. been and they always will be. I have a few yep. of those in my family tree. <laughs> Not you. That's hard to believe. Appalachian Mountains. Appalachian. Uh, yeah, people are was constantly. Was Scoot or Bubba yeah. or Jinxie? Which one <laughs> are we talking about? People are constantly crapping all over poor Southern people. Well, always, I think if you always. change if you change the language, mm-hmm. like um, like I've always said, uh, you know, I don't look at you as a black person. I look at you as a person who happens to be black. Yeah, who cares? Or I, no, why would you care about you're that? You're a poor right. person who happens to be black. Not because you're black, but mm-hmm. you happen to be black. That's why If you change so that, then maybe people would try and change their perspective. Because nobody's poor because of the color of their skin. I mean, maybe back... Back then they were, yes. yes. They were, absolutely. But now everybody has equal opportunity mm-hmm. for the most part. That's not part. true. Actually, yeah, a lot of the minorities have a much better opportunity. True, because they, they do can now, get yeah, into get more interesting. scholarships. Get you more... both disagree, but you but both I, you I were going the opposite way. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you look at funding for education in poor neighborhoods versus Zedina and Minnetonka, there's a world of difference there. Yeah. And that makes a big difference in what's going to happen in your life. Oh, I, I would. I guarantee you this. And, and I'm talking again about the, the upper and middle upper class white people. If I were black or anything but what I am, they would like my show much better than they do. They, they, oh, yeah, they, well, they pretend to. Anyway. They, they, yeah, absolutely. Why don't, uh, just out of curiosity, why do we pay somebody who's good at hitting a ball or catching a ball the money that we pay them? I've always wondered But then that. we pay a teacher... You know, teachers can make no. some decent money, but yeah. wh- why isn't there an incentive program through the state that if Doug Sprinthal's class is excelling across the board on this testing, you know what, Doug? 
we're going to give you a signing bonus at the end of the year. You're going to get a twenty thousand dollar bump. A problem yeah. for and ever, if you gave teachers ever. that that gumption to go forward and move it yep. and and do it, and then gave them the support and backing in the classrooms, uh, you know, the education process is terrifying right now. Teachers right. have no power. They have no, no you know, true. privatization of schools in a sense. I think the brick-and-mortar schools, I'm starting to buy more and more into uh, Ralph's theory that brick-and-mortar schools are, are useless. They're, ne- they're almost over. It's, no it, it, because the teachers no. have no – see, I'm like you. I believe that there has to be a structure and there should be a socialization. That's, ex- that's exactly But here's the problem, Doug. I went into my kids' class. I sat in the back of the class watching for a day, observing. There's one kid, and he's rocking back on his chair, and his teacher's like, can you please put all four on the floor? And then he's like this again, and she, all four on the floor, and they're talking, and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm having a conversation, and they glare at her, and then two seconds later, they're back to chatting. Yeah, she can't and do anything During to the them, break, and they know I looked it. at her, and I go, why don't you just tell them, what, you get to stand for the next five minutes. She yeah. goes, for what? And I said, because you told them five times to start rocking back. She goes, oh, I'd be fired. Yep. And I said, wait, why would you be fired? She goes, because if I point him out or make him feel bad, I will lose my job. I said, wait a minute. He'll cry to mommy, and then mommy will go to the news. And then the news, because they made him stand. And I said, but you're making sure he doesn't fall back and crack his head, which is going to cost the school district money. Because now we're going to have to buy chairs that can't be tipped back or balanced and, and do this. And then I said, and when they were talking, why don't you separate them? Because... If I separate them in class, I'm alienating them, and I'm I'm making them seem like they're bad. And if they feel wounded by this, and holy Christmas, what a world we're living in. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. You know what? We need... But yet, on the other side, you've got people saying kids need... A definite, they, they need a line. They need to know what to tell. And we're not giving them that line anymore, but we're telling everybody how important it is to have that yeah, line. And you brought up the line earlier about, mm-hmm. well, Dave, that's called parenting. And I'm with you. Yeah. But you know what? When your 12-year-old kid has a fight with you and then goes, you, and what are you going to do? Count to three and what are you going to do? And yeah, I, stu- yeah. I stood there and I went, what? And he goes, and once we hit three, what's your next move, Dad? Oh God! And yep. I just I sunk oh, because God. he was right. What could I do? Yeah. I can't hit him. Yeah. Not that hitting's the answer, but I mean, there's no you know you can't give a kid a spank anymore. I can't send him to his room without dinner. You can throw away his stuff. Yeah, what you should oh, do. You throw away his stuff, and then that causes problems too. And then you're you're alienating their blah blah blah, and it it's such a nasty world that we're in. Yep. And you're so judged. It's like being in a store. One day we were at Subway, and I had my little guy Damien with, and he was about two. And he just, you know, he went into a meltdown mode. And I, he's starting to scream. People are looking. I scoop him up in my arms, and I walk outside. And uh, I'm talking to him, and I'm saying, buddy, knock it off. And he's swinging and flailing and smacks me right in the balls. Oh, and I double oh. over, and I give him a crack on the hand, and I toss him into the car, right? Mm-hmm. Shut the door. I take him home. End of story. Not 20 minutes later. Cops are sitting yep, outside my house, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And they're like, uh, "Well, we had a report from Subway that you were abusing your kid." Oh my and I'm God. like, "Oh my said, God!" <laughs> and I said, "Well, what do you mean?" And they're like, "Well, they said they they saw you smack your kid and throw him in the car." And I said, "And when I say throw, I didn't mean I literally right. threw him. Right. I, right. I took him, put him in the car seat, and that was it." And I said, "Well, I said first of all, if I would have let him just stand there and scream and yell in in the place, that drives me crazy as a parent." Mm-hmm. Like, we went to go see Christopher Robin last night. Oh, right. And those electric chairs. Oh. This this couple is sitting there with their kid, and the kid is... And climbing on the end. During the movie, adults aren't saying a word. That drives me nuts. I will stop my kids. I agree. I said, well, my kid was acting up, and if they have security cameras. Look at it. He was screaming. He was yelling. I grabbed him and took him out, and I said, and as I was crossing the parking lot, as he's flailing, he punched me in the goodie bag. And I said, and I doubled over and I cracked his hand for for hitting me. Right. And I said, don't hit. And then I put him in the car seat, shut the door, and I took off. And he goes, well, can we see him? I'm like, sure. So they bring him, you know, he comes down and they talk to him. And he's two, two and a half, you know. But then they ask my other kids, well, what did you see? You know, and they're like, no, dad didn't abuse our brother. He was being a a horrible, screaming child. And the cops are like, okay. 
And they're like, all right, now we got to go back to Subway. And I, so I like, I cut that Subway out. I'm like, yeah, the management sorry. team yeah. called the yeah. cops yeah, on me really. because I did the best thing for your business. Next time, I'm going to bring my kid in and let him wail for I 45 agree. minutes while I just sit there and eat my sandwich and let everybody else think this Load is horrible. Load him up full of sugar first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pixie sticks and jolt cola there for everyone. Go. Right. But I, you're, you're as yep. a parent now, what can you do? If I take my kid out and I discipline him quietly... And I, I say, no, I'm a bad parent. If I let him stand there and scream, I'm a bad parent. There are now, they, they were talking about that law a few years ago where if my kid does a crime, I can go to jail for it. Yeah, mm. right, exactly. But right. you've taken away my chances to be an effective parent because I can't punish them, I can't show them responsibility, and I can't effectively teach them the repercussions of doing an action. No, I, I understand. But yet I should be held responsible and go to jail. Well, well, we'll take a break, but when we come back, I will tell you what a very famous character. A guy was dressed up as a very famous character at a very famous amusement park. And I'll tell you what he told me to do right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Let's talk about good things. Does your car work? You got a roof over your head? You got kids, parents, a spouse who loves you, or a mate? These are the good things you have because you live in America, the country that has more immigration than any other nation on Earth. You have these things because the U.S. military stands at a wall and protects you from any person or thing that would take them away from you. The entire volunteer military that stands at the ready just in case. The greatest fighting force ever known on planet Earth. Every person serving in our military is ready to lay down their life for your freedom, and all too often, they do. I'm the executive director of the Gold Star Ride Foundation, an organization set up to do just one thing, take care of families left behind when one of our brave fighters loses their life for you. We're riding motorcycles throughout the country to achieve this purpose, and you can help. Go to goldstarride.org and make a donation or learn where we are so you can come and ride with us. It's a small thing we do. It was a huge thing that they did. Goldstarride.org. That's goldstarride.org. Make a donation today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. So very quickly, because we do have a guest joining us. Uh, I was at a park, and maybe one of my kids was acting up and screaming a lot and all that stuff. It was at a very famous amusement park. <coughs> and a guy who was wearing a very famous uh, character's uh, costume, he was pretty much the head gun of this this uh, amusement park. Um, Rick, Ricky Rouse? Yeah, maybe it was. It might have been Ricky oh, Rouse. Hi, everybody. But in any case, my child wouldn't calm down. And I'm, I'm looking at him like, I can't, you know, hit him. I can't do any stuff. And Ricky Rouse leans over and whispers to me, accidentally step on his foot. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? Accidentally step on his foot. That's really nice. I was Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, you were Chuck E. Cheese? Same and, story. And when huh? they would be abusive like that, I had the big shoes on. I'd swing the foot over and trip them or knock them. Oh, sorry. The first time I heard my daughter swear she was at her four-year-old birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese on Robert Street, and the rat came up behind her and scared her, and oh. she turned around and went, oh, Whoops. <laughs> Ladies well. and gentlemen. Recipes for Thoughtful Leadership and Healthy Culture, Bonnie Sussman Versace. Bonnie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Although people should never ask a woman named Bonnie how you're doing because the Bonnie means doing well, doesn't it? Oh, things are Bonnie good. I believe it does, yep. See, there you go. Kind of like muy bien, muy bien. <laughs> Works for me. Well. I am holding your book in my hands right now, and I, I, I've already gone through it several times. Um I want you look. I, I am. I have a, a big one up on the listeners because I have the book uh, "Culture, Nurture, Learn, Practice, Live It, Lead It." Tell us. Tell us what it's all about, Bonnie, if you would. The book is uh, a, a simple way of getting some information, imparting some information on leadership and culture into 
the, if you will, less seasoned manager and supervisors level to uh, presidents and CEOs of companies. So it really crosses over all um, pre- uh, tenures and experience levels, and uh, it's a series of articles that have actually been published in uh, different journals, business journals, over the course of about uh, a few years, and um, turned converted them, if you will, into a, a recipe, something that's uh, easy to digest, easy to absorb. See, I think that's one. So it's a recipe book that has recipes, but it also has other kinds of recipes, like cultural cultural recipes. That's a very clever idea. Did you come up with the with the basic idea yourself? Thank you. Yes. No, it is. It's very clever <laughs> it, it, for a guy a, like me, and I can't. Friend, oh, go ahead. Sorry. A, a friend had uh, had said uh, made a comment to me uh, um, about a year ago. He said. You know, you have uh, business owners and emerging leaders that you work with. Why don't you take your your published work and put it into a book? And I'm thinking, what does he mean? Like copy them and put them into a three-ring binder? I'm a little <laughs> right. more creative than that. And, that, you know, so, uh, you know, just it, it's just one of those ideas that, you know, popped into my head and there, there it flew. You know, it's interesting. So, I, I, I'm I'm really stuck on culture right now, which is the first category. But the reason I'm stuck on it is mm-hmm. uh, you talk about what does it take to build a healthy company culture. That's got to be a tough row to hoe because of things like envy, jealousy, uh, a feeling that you don't really measure up. There are a lot of bumps in the road there as far as a, a company culture, aren't there? there? There are. Tom, it's amazing. I mean, so many... Uh, business owners or leaders will uh, think of it in terms of come in and fix my people. Well, it's got to start from the top. I mean, you you yeah, can certainly yeah. push culture from the bottom, um, but it's a lot harder road. So yes, there's there's jealousy, there's all kinds of uh, um, strutting strutting our stuff if we if we will. But it it really bottom line comes down to where we came from so the second day mm-hmm. a business owner opens their door and brings employees on the culture is going to change from whatever they were initially thinking or or not thinking about so everybody's bringing their background their experiences their education everything to the table and it, it sort of becomes like a little melting pot if you will it does and indeed it, yeah. it needs direction well, my question for you would be, and, and this is something I, I guess I'm really focused on right now in the world. So yeah, the different perceptions that people have, people have varying perceptions of what is real and what isn't. And what might be real to someone else might be completely unreal to me because of the way I perceive it. And because of the way they perception is a very, very tough road to hoe. Yeah. And perception is reality. Yeah, it so is. So what, what is yeah, what is your perception is real to you and what is my perception is going to be real to me. Our maps of the world are different. So how do because you Because we came from different places. That's Even right. if you're an identical twin, your story is going to be different. It is. Even Do- if you wore the wore the same clothes, dressed the same way, talked the same way, had the same friends all through, you know, the growing up years, mm-hmm. your years story is going to be even just a little bit different of what was your experience like growing up in your family's home. Bonnie, I will tell you, I just, and it's, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I, I just, I learned something about myself this week that I didn't know cause someone brought it up to me, but, uh, I am a, a pretty big person, you know, I'm not as muscular as I used to be, but I'm still a pretty big person. And I guess I have kind of a, kind of a, uh, a manly voice or whatever. I was th- I was told last week because it kind of came up that I scare the hell out of people. I'm like, why would I? Why? Mm. I said, well, you got this very big personality. You got that voice, and you're a big guy in the first place. People are terrified of you. I said, why would they be terrified of me? Mm. But that's mm. their perception that I could be, and maybe the villains in the movies they saw, or their uncle was a jerk or whatever. And I guess I kind uh-huh. of fit that mold for some people, which surprised the hell out of me. It really surprised me. Mm. So, so what are you going to do about it? I don't know, Bonnie. That's what, <laughs> what, that's can what, you do about that's it, what I'm right? talking to you. I can't walk around and go, oh, it's really nice to see you today. It's just one. It's wonderful that you're here. That's just not who I am, 
Bonnie. I, that's not right. me, right? So I don't know what well, I'm going to do Well, and it is it. more important to be authentic. I think so, yeah. I, I, I'm telling yeah. you, I love your book. I love the idea of the book. It's fun to just page through the different categories because they're all very, very important. We talked about, about uh, culture and nurture. Now, learn. What, what, what do we as a society, or maybe around the world, but I guess we're going to focus on, on America right now, what do we need to learn about? Uh, now, it says, are you the best person to be leading your organization? I like that. So how do you learn if you are or if you're not? You really have to do some self-reflection, and obviously that is more difficult for some people than it is for others, but we don't step back as leaders in our organizations. We don't step back frequently enough. We go, go, go. We're We're not focused on maybe some things that should be more relevant to us and to our people than um, where we where we take it or look at it, mm-hmm. the perspective we look at it from. And, um, you know, there there are a lot of people, if you, if you are familiar with, uh, m- like, Michael Gerber's E-Myth, mm-hmm. um, he talks about how if you're, if you, if you have a good skill, sorry, <laughs> if you have a good skill and you, you've developed that skill, but you have entre- entrepreneurial um, intentions, you know, maybe you're an engineer. So maybe you set, decide you want to set up an engineering firm. And, um, you know, five years in, you're, you're wondering, okay, uh, this isn't going exactly the way I planned. Well, don't just keep moving forward. Stop and take a look at that. Why isn't it? Is it because maybe you haven't surrounded yourself by the talent that you needed to be? Maybe you're not, maybe you're a great engineer, but maybe you don't have the business skills that you need. Maybe you don't uh, understand finance as well as you should or Mm -hmm. the HR side of things. And you need to either surround yourself with the people that do know how to do those things well, that are qualified for it, or um, maybe if you're in a position where uh, those things are more um, directed, need to be more directed in your company, maybe it's time that you do look for someone to come in and run the company so you can practice your skill. And, and a lot of times that's what happens to people. They go in, you know, okay, I got this great skill. I'm going into business. I'm going to do this. And then a couple of years down the road, they never get a chance to continue doing the thing that they love doing. Now they're tied up being the HR manager or director. Now they're tied up doing the finance. You know, they're tied up in other areas and working so far in the weeds that they never get a chance to um, to do the engineering side of it. And, and, and sorry, engineers, I don't mean to be picking on you, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just something that something that came to mind quickly. Because it is a, it is a situation that I, I had been working with with a client and, and helping them, and it was an engineer engineering firm. You know what's really great, Bonnie, is I did a test on myself because when I got the I got your book a couple of days ago, but I never looked at the about the author page, and there's a, a reason I did that because I wanted to talk to you first, and you're a very intelligent person. You, uh, you, Thank you. well, Thank you. no, you are. I mean, you're very intelligent, <laughs> and you speak well. You you can. You can teach people things without being overly forceful about them, but you're a strong person, I would imagine. It seems like you are by talking to you, right? You, you seem very. Uh, I think I think you have to be, yeah. You yeah. have to be to be in to be in business, yeah. So what I did, and to well, do the kind of work I do, yeah. Right. I'm sorry. No, not a problem at all. I, I just saw. So I, I talked to you, and that's the impression I got of you because you and I have never met. And then after mm-hmm. all this time, I just turned to the about the author page, and I said, "Oh, she looks like a very sweet woman." <laughs> oh my goodness well you do though you look like this nice sweet woman is like you know I, I, but that's what i'm talking about perception yeah your your brain you. the way you speak your voice all the rest of it were you but, expecting olga the bench lifter yes i thought she was going to be the size right. of a weightlifter. it was going to be okay, unbelievable i was at the gym this morning and oh, there you go. Bench lifting. but you know what i think i might need help crossing the street when i leave where i'm at now well and... that's a possibility no 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 well, uh, the reason I, yeah, that was in, so interesting funny. to me, uh, Bonnie, is because my mother was about five foot two. She probably weighed mm-hmm. I don't know 120 pounds at her at her top. She had a very deep voice, and she was a magnificent person and a very very tough person. 
uh, I learned everything from my mother, my two older sisters. And, and mm-hmm. so the way women present themselves is, or what we, who women really are is fascinating to me because nobody looking at my mother would have thought she'd say, Tom, you don't do what I tell you to do. I'm going to break your back. <laughs> And she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't mean like that, but I'm just saying what my mother said was the way it was going to go. She was a wonderfully sweet person. I adored her, but I, I, what you've written about in this book is my perception of her. She was a very tough woman, Mm. but she was also the sweetest person Mm. I've ever known. I love that. Uh Yeah. Well, it sounds like your mother was probably a good leader too. Well, she was, Um, yes. You know, not just managing your family, but leading your family, and and that that's important. Yeah. Um, we we get hung up on the terms. So if you if you look at the word lead, and then you you drop down a little bit and look at lead, leader, leadership, leading, we get confused on those terms. We think because somebody is sitting in a leader's seat that they're practicing good leadership skills. Right. And it just isn't so. Yep. But on the other hand, if you think about the whole, the whole, uni- the whole universe or, or the, the population on the planet, there really are very few people that don't have the ability to practice leadership skills mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I had a client one time, uh, made, I, I love this comment because it was a very long time ago and I don't think it'll ever leave me. Um, he said, when... When I see someone pick up that piece of paper off the floor that everybody's been stepping around and stepping over and avoiding, and someone comes to my office and says, hey, boss, I got a problem, but I think I have an answer. What do you think? You know, let me run it by you. Mm-hmm. Then I know I have leadership in the house. And that's true. It is I mean, true. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be the person <clears throat> sitting in the leader's seat to demonstrate leadership. 100% correct. We only have about 30 seconds left, so let me say this. Your book tortures me because all of the food pictures look delicious. <laughs> they really uh, do. Good, good. They did a great job. The, the restaurant owners will be thrilled to hear that. Um, yes, there is actual food recipes in the book. Yeah. Uh, just yep. to, to break it up and make it a little more flavorful experience for people, for the readers. I love it. Bonnie Sussman Versace, recipes for thoughtful leadership and healthy culture. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Oh, same here, Tom. Thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bonnie Sussman Versace. Seriously, she looks like this sweet woman, but she doesn't seem like the kind of person you want to mess with. No, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. She has that school teacher tone. Yeah, I know what I mean. Yeah, that's exactly right. We will talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.